0: All right, Locked On Crossover, Locked On Knicks and Locked On Bulls here. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm from Locked On Knicks. I'm here with Hayes and Pat from Locked On Bulls. And we are going to talk some potential Knicks and Bulls deals. Guys, real quick, before we, we really get into things, I wanted to um, reference a podcast you guys put out last week uh, about potential Zach Levine deals. Uh, here's some direct quotes first uh, I don't want to help the Knicks get better from Hayes (laughs) Um, we've got I don't want Obi Toppin from Pat that's an unfortunate we'll get to that in a second Uh, you guys didn't know that Obi was still on the Knicks for a moment Uh, Hayes you had Pat convinced that Obi Toppin had been traded already and then if I may just play a clip real quick, I'm just going to play something for both of us to listen to, all three of us to listen to here real quick. Hold on. Yeah,
1: hey, I don't know, like, the New York Knicks off the top of my head, their draft selection, uh, the picks or anything like that. So I don't I don't really like the Knicks. But, again, I just don't like the franchise <laughs> of the New York Knicks overall. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's accurate. And, and, listen. In our defense of the whole Obi Toppin situation, Tom Thibodeau also doesn't know Obi Toppin's on the team. So there's yeah. that. I mean,
1: <laughs> no, I think it's. I think for me, I, I need people to realize that I was born and well, I was raised by a man who was born and raised on the South Side of Chicago. Oh, there, yeah. he there's nothing more in my house that would have gotten us kicked out. I, come, I, come, I have six sisters. There's seven of us. And we would have gotten put out on the streets if we said anything positive about the Knicks ever. Like it just would have been instantaneous. Just get out. It doesn't. Even, he would have rather us come home with a baby rather than come home with Knicks <laughs> or, or, or
0: Tyron, so.
2: <laughs> Oh, you just pregnant? who I thought you was a Knicks fan. I thought you was a Knicks fan. That was almost it. <laughs>
0: Well, that's – all right, fine. I understand your point of view now. I, just, I was listening, and I was like, oh, if they talked about the Knicks recently, I saw that episode about Levine. I'm like, this seems like good prep. And then I listened, and I was just like – right. Well, hey, get to hey, know where the starting point is. I'm going to
2: be honest with you. That was us being nice.
0: Like,
2: <laughs> we, we've gone in. but I mean, oh, man. We don't have a ton to, to brag about right now. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
0: Well, uh, that makes uh, that makes one show. The Knicks have quite a bit to brag about right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so I figured a good place to start, guys, would be just kind of taking the temperature of where both sides are at, right? Like, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think both teams probably came in with roughly similar expectations this past year and ended with vastly different opinions of where their teams are at at the moment. Um, I know you guys have been having a lot of discussion about like where the where the Bulls are at right now should they rebuild should they look to retool I mean where are you guys kind of standing right now as far as where the Bulls are as a franchise and like what their ambition should be right now going into the offseason
2: I, I think there's two different conversations right there's what a lot of Bulls fans want to happen and what realistically is going to happen we have uh, our president of basketball ops is from Denver who just won the NBA championship and who waited on that team for basically what, six years to finally just like, all right, kind of figure out how you play in the league. Now let's see if we can get everybody healthy. Finally, when everybody was healthy, they were ready to go. I think it's kind of with me and Hayes, we have our moments when we're very meathead fans. I'm not going to lie to you. Like we have our moments where we like, Hey, this is what we should do. This is how we go all in on this. But then more times than not, we're pretty logical about it. And the thing is, the Bulls are going to be a retool type of team. They don't feel like they're going in the in the other direction because, I mean, realistically, if there is Alonzo Ball or you see the Pat Bev effect, maybe this team gets five or six more wins. That's a 45-win team. We're talking about a completely different – we're talking about them as if you would talk about your Knicks, right? So I think that AK probably looks at it like that. And at the end of the day, what they should do and what they will do is two different things. What they should do is probably move off expiring contracts. What they will do is probably hold on to them until about the trade deadline and maybe move off of them then. But it'll depend on kind of what direction the team is going.
0: Yeah, what do you, what do you think on that, Hayes? Are you kind of in the same boat? Or like, uh, what do you think as far as if you were going to pick a direction, where would you be at right now?
1: I mean, the first direction I would pick is to fire Billy Donovan. That's one of the things that me and Pat do uh, sometimes disagree on. But uh, I think for me, where I am on the Bulls roster is every time we've seen the Bulls roster with a legitimate point guard, we've looked decent. Middle of the pack. I was one of the people that during the Bulls, even the run with Lonzo, we were in the middle of a nine-game winning streak, and I was on the show and I said, hey – they're not going to keep this up. Do you notice the defensive lapses here? Yeah. And so, I, so I've always seen the Bulls roster, and uh, I think of Morrie. Re- like I, I know what they can be, but to be that, they need a point guard who's going to unlock and force everyone to kind of play in their more natural roles. DeMar DeRozan dribbling the ball 18,000 times with 500 pump fakes just isn't good offense, and I think the, the NBA has adapted to that. So I think if you're going to keep this core together, your first thing needs to be go out and get you a point guard. That's where I sit with this team right now.
0: Feels pretty relatable to the Knicks of like the last twenty years or so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> up until present day. Obviously, yeah. I mean, if I were to if I were to try to inform Bulls fans yeah. about like where the Knicks are at right now, the point guard made all the difference, right? I mean, it was like the Knicks couldn't find their find their way for a long time, you know, because of the fact that they didn't have someone that could get guys the ball in their spots or reliably create a shot for himself or for others. Yeah. You know, you go from like Alfred Payton, who was.
2: Horrible. Alfred Brayton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to,
0: to an older version of Derek Rose, which I mean, to, to his credit, he was fantastic in 20 to 21. But like, obviously this year, finally you saw like the wheels kind of fell off a bit for him and, and last year too a bit. Whereas like the injuries kind of caught up again. And, you know, he seems to have finally lost the step, the crucial step that was like hanging, you know, keeping him hanging on there. And then, uh, and, you know, now he's probably not with the team anymore. But then Kemba Walker last year, that didn't work out. Tibbs trying to play Alec Burks, a point guard. And then this year, finally, they get Jalen Brunson, who proves basically, hey, the very best of what you saw with him in Dallas at point uh, in the playoffs last year, that's basically him all the time now so enjoy (laughs) and and this year was great and you know I think the Knicks now find themselves in a place where like things you know you guys mentioned like like injuries and stuff you know like that maybe some bad breaks just kind of made things work the way they did for the Bulls this year the Knicks didn't really have to face that adversity this year so I am kind of curious what's going to happen if that does hit them in the future at some point Uh, because they basically got to just have near perfect injury luck most of this year. I mean, Julius Randall played almost the entire season uh, up until spraining his ankle. And of course, I guess where the injury luck ran out was in the playoffs then where Julius yes. was playing on an ankle that he wound up having to get arthroscoped after the season because it was so messed up on two sprains. Um, you know, you had uh, other guys, you know, sprain their ankle manual quickly. Uh, Jalen Brunson sprained his ankle at some point before the playoffs, like it, tons of guys just dealing with all these little things that, that piled up, I guess. But um You know, I think the Knicks find themselves now as an organization. I think the draft was proof positive that they're like, no, we're not interested in adding any more like draft picks and stuff to this team right now at the expense of future draft picks. You know, we are saving all of those right now to try to make this next big move and try to compete right now, I think. And I think that's where they find themselves. Maybe not dissimilar to where the Bulls were a couple of years ago when they went in on like the, the Vucevic move and stuff like that.
2: I mean let me let me ask you this for for a outside looking in perspective I feel like even though y'all do have brunson that definitely makes things a lot better a lot of the narratives around this team to me feel the same right they got to they got to uh, a nice little playoff run. I think that this was better, but at the end of the year, we're still having the conversation about Obi Toppin. Apparently, everybody in a mama wants to trade RJ Barrett, which is kind of suspicious. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you. Like a 22 year old that's gotten better almost every season, but nobody wants him. Like I don't know about that one. And then uh, it seems like everybody's still trying to get rid of Julius Randle. So outside of Jalen Brunson, not to say you're not heading in the right direction, but do you feel like you have the team that is gonna keep? getting better based on what we saw this season.
0: I think that's the question that nobody has the answer to in the fan base. And like, everybody has their own little take on it. Um, In my humble opinion, I think Brunson is the Brunson is the building block now, Mm -hmm. I think. And I don't think it's unreasonable to say that he could be like the top scoring option on a championship team at this point, like, and I say scoring option, because I think that there's a good chance you might need a really fantastic two-way player playing next to him that maybe can't get a shot quite as well. But maybe if you overall would look at like, you know, if you're like, Oh, the top 30 players in the league or whatever, like that player would maybe finish a little higher than Brunson thanks to defensive acumen or something like that. But like, I think that Brunson could be that guy that like on a team, you know, with the, with, a 1a star like that he could be the 1b that maybe is the guy that is still getting the clutch buckets like the the Chris Middleton type on a Giannis team you know what i mean that like maybe he's not the best guy on the team but he's going to sometimes be that guy that you need to rely on to score the basketball yeah. uh when things aren't going well necessarily all the other guys i think it all just kind of comes down to like what camp you're in like a lot of people do want to trade Julius Randle because they think like you know, he's had a couple of subpar playoffs now, the two times that the Knicks made the playoffs. Now, this year, I think it's impossible to overlook the fact that the guy had to immediately get surgery on his ankle after the playoffs and say, then, like, oh, well, why didn't he look as good as he did during the regular season? Oh, maybe because he was playing on a double sprained ankle that he needs to get cleaned out after the season. Uh, RJ Barrett, like, to your point, like, some people do seem to want to trade him, and I don't, I don't totally get that either. Um, If you ask me, I think that he still has possibly another gear to get to, but it might just be in the interest of maximizing a window of two players that are sort of in their prime right now with Randall and Brunson. If you think those guys can potentially plus one more person compete, maybe that's why you look at trading RJ Barrett right now, because you say, let's give ourselves a window of like three years or something to try to actually compete for a championship. If you think that's what you can do. I don't know if I'm quite there. It seems like the Knicks don't quite know where they're at right now either, although maybe the next week or two will be more illuminating (laughs) as far as that's concerned. Um, But, you know, to steer the conversation towards where we're inevitably going here, like maybe a Zach Levine is that guy to potentially give them that extra scoring threat that they need or, you know, just extra 1A sort of player, 1A, 1B, 1C sort of player that they need to compete. But... I'm not totally sure if they're there yet. I I guess we'll have to see uh, if they are. But I I think we could probably get into Levine in the next segment here and start maybe kicking that idea around. Uh, But I think maybe first we should just let everybody know about – I'm sure what's one of your guys' favorite sponsors, but also one of my favorite sponsors as a a car owner that needs to get things every once in a while, eBay Motors. And for a championship team, whether that's the Knicks or the Bulls or – Some other team, probably some other team, if history tells the same thing. (laughs) It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage. All right, we're back in. And, Hayes, I'm going to throw it to you right away. Uh, What's the deal with Zach Levine right now? Because similar to what Pat said in the first segment about why would the Knicks want to get rid of R.J. Barrett? You know, this, that, the other. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Bulls presumably are a team with ambitions uh, going forward, and they have a guy that can drop 30. So why does his name come up in trade rumors so often? Uh,
1: I think just that. They're rumors. And I think it makes (laughs) sense when you look at the fact of how far the Bulls are away that – uh, they can get the most – he's the he's the one they can get the most back for, and I think that's what goes into it a lot. Um, I don't think that they want to move Zach Levine. I think that they may be open to it for the perfect deal just because of where we are at a team, but I don't think they necessarily want to. Um, and so, ultimately, I think that it's just it, – it makes sense, and that's why the, those rumors kick up. I wanna, I'm going to throw it back to you, though, real quick, because mm-hmm. I, as a Bulls fan, I'm so, so zoomed in, and me and Pat have this conversation. I think, like, fans of teams that are, that are so close to it either – overvalue or undervalue their own players regularly what's your view on Zach Levine as somebody who is a Knicks fan doesn't necessarily you know root for the Bulls how do you how, what's your objective view on Zach Levine
0: I think I I think he's an extremely dynamic offensive talent I think he's multi like you see it every time he plays the Knicks even you know he can score at all three levels he definitely is a, a good shooter with gravity, which every team wants. He can create his own shot. Um, I do maybe worry, at least in my experience, having watched him, that he maybe suffers from tunnel vision a little too often sometimes yeah. and, and isn't uh, uh, as interested in, in getting the rest of the team going, which I do worry could be a detriment on the Knicks. Having a player like Julius Randall that I think sometimes gets a little too tunnel vision at times too. Uh, of course, if the Knicks would hold on to R.J. Barrett somehow in this deal, then I would definitely worry about that because R.J. definitely suffers from that sometimes. Um, so that worries me a bit. The defense is the part that really gives me pause about potentially giving up big assets for a guy like Levine. The on-off numbers and the like, the the defensive rating statistics and all that stuff really paint a grisly picture about, uh, <laughs> about Zach Levine and the yeah. impact that he has on the court one way or the other. Um, so I... I I think my biggest worry if I was going to distill it down to one thing would be like, would I really feel comfortable giving up the assets it would probably cost to get a Zach Levine if I'm not 100% positive that his offensive contributions are making the team that much better than his defensive limitations makes the team. And I don't know if I'm 100% there to be completely honest.
2: Uh, I'm I'm not mad at that explanation at all because, I mean, AK told us... I mean, the, the Bulls pretty much put the package out there, right? Was it two picks, uh, two first-round picks... A good
1: young player. A good young, young
2: player pick. and uh, filler for the contract. Yeah. And, um, I mean, for you guys, that would basically be two first-round picks, probably RJ Barrett. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. What's filler at this point? Evan Fournier and...
0: Fournier definitely is filler. Uh, uh, had they not just opted quickly? Rose... Quickly's not filler. Let me tell you that. How much much is
2: quickly making? (laughs) I don't know. I'm just saying. I I mean,
0: quickly—that's your good young player right there. I'm tell you, I'm not mad
2: at quickly. either I'm not mad at quick either way. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) You try to slide that in there, Pat. I tried to. I tried to. You (laughs) see, I tried to slip that into there. Quickly, defense. Like, let me
0: let me just let me just play some quick defense right there. Swat that right out of here. That is (laughs) better than Levine. I would probably, I mean, if you want to talk about a guy that the impact statistics love, like they hate Zach Levine quickly is like literally out of this world. You know, it's funny. I saw this, I saw this new stat that someone came up with earlier today. It was the, um, it was like an asterisk tracker or whatever. Yeah. My one friend sent it to me to say like which championships have the most asterisks on them in recent years. And then it was like, if a top 30 player was out for a number of games, that counts as like a bigger asterisk or whatever. And then it showed like, in twenty twenty three, the the top thirty players that missed significant games in the playoffs and quickly was considered a top thirty player by this like oh, metric wow. that they used. And I was like, Man, that's crazy. That's crazy to think about. That's a that's a, that's a good uh,
2: metric. You gotta you gotta slant that much. numbers will tell yeah. you whatever you want them to tell you. Cause <laughs> I will like, say this: here's here's yeah. the weird part about it, right? I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that Zach Levine's gonna stop anybody one on one 10 times out of 10. What I will tell you is that. And a good team defense and a good system and with a Tom Thibodeau, Zach Levine probably would be a good enough defender for the offensive contributions to make more sense.
0: Yeah, I think the same could be said for like Brunson in the the way that, you know, with the Knicks. And, but I think that it ultimately comes down to like, I mean, how do you guys feel about Levine's effort level? I guess would be a big thing like. That's the thing is, I think that all the Tibbs demands is that you at least try on defense, which granted he has different standards for some players sometimes. We definitely, Julius Randle has definitely put out some really deplorable defensive efforts and still Mm -hmm. gotten 35 minutes some nights, which makes us, always makes us as Knicks fans be like, why is he still getting these guaranteed minutes? But I mean, like Brunson, to his credit, he might not be the most physically talented guy on defense, but he does at least like give 100%. Pretty much the whole time, you know, and and sometimes you see the fatigue set in if he's having to just constantly run the offense and and generate all the points for the Knicks. Sometimes you see a little lapses there, but it's it's hard to fault him for that. But he generally tries like is that do you find that Levine tries on defense or is
2: I don't think we've ever questioned his effort defensively. We've questioned some of his ability and maybe some of his help. But I don't think that we've ever been like. Well, I can't say that. That Charlie game had a lot of questions in it, but that was a bad game all around. Yeah, that's probably yeah. the only time I've ever questioned Zach's heart in a game. But at the same time, we were getting our heads kicked in pretty early in that game, so maybe heart kind of goes out the window when you have a game like that. <laughs> I think we fought our way back in that one, didn't we? Like, I I don't I don't know, Hazy. Do you feel like we've ever really said like? Zach Levine is not out there trying.
1: I think there's times where he does get out of the game. If he's, if his shot isn't falling and if he feels like the refs aren't calling things that they should call, it affects his effort on both sides of the ball then. But I do think that Zach Levine fully healthy always gives effort defensively. Sometimes he loses focus definitely on the off-ball defense, but I think especially last year, we probably saw some of the better defensive performances of Zach Levine consistently last year once he was healthy. So I think that there's enough there to say with the right coach that is going to end in the right environment and culture, I think Zach Levine would, would have rounded out well. I mean, he started off his career with the Tibbs, though, so I guess it can't even necessarily. Well, say, I was I was gonna say up. a
2: lot of a lot of those moments too are in uh, are, are in situations where Caruso, Pat Bev, Patrick Williams, and maybe Andre Drummond are on the floor. So that's yeah. also you know you got to put the right guys around them. I don't know if uh, I guess it, it, there would be no
0: Jalen Brunson, Emmanuel
2: Quickly, Julius Randle, and Zach. Levin, I don't know about that defense there. Yeah, I don't know about that defense there
0: with a Mitchell Robinson to hold it down inside, maybe. It works out. I mean, Mitch, maybe Mitch already maybe has know. to do a lot of heavy lifting. But the Knicks. Oh yeah, I mean, that's
2: what we got to get back. By the way, y'all got to send us one of them centers, bro. Now
0: we need <laughs> we need center
2: help so bad. Y'all got to send I'll us. take Hartenstein. Hartenstein, cool. Robinson. We we don't really want Randall
0: either. Like, what, what's, up with, what's up with Looch? What's going on there? I thought he was the same.
2: <laughs> hey, y'all got some. Y'all got some. Bit. Well, first off, we don't know if he's gonna sign that deal yet. That's the one question we got. But two,
0: uh,
2: y'all got some centers over there that we 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 think might be uh you know a little bit better than what y'all utilized them as. You know what I mean? Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think they utilized them pretty well. I mean, the, the Knicks, uh, the, they definitely rely on that rim protection heavily in Tibbs' yeah. scheme, which is why mm-hmm. I think I I I do worry a bit. Like if if the Knicks starting backcourt would be on paper like so let's say that rj does go over in the deal and he's the centerpiece player so then your starting lineup is presumably brunson grimes levine look at Randall and Mitch (laughs) that the the Levine aspect worries me man I'm not gonna lie Levine's the question in that out of everybody you just named (laughs) I mean Grimes is a lockdown that's your defense that was your defense yeah Grimes and Mitch are gonna have to do a lot of heavy lifting there I mean Julius has his moments as a one-on-one defender but like Man, that, that's rough. That's a rough – rough. that's like asking a lot out of those two really good defenders or quickly if he's on the floor, if they hold on a quick I mean, that's that's tough stuff. But I don't know. Maybe we should start – you know, we're throwing a lot of names out here. Maybe we should just start throwing them into fake trades and see where we're at here. <laughs> so why don't, we, why don't we take our second break? We'll come back, and then we'll throw some fake trades out. Maybe see if there's another deal not around Zach Levine or any of these guys we mentioned that can make sense for these teams too. So we'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back in, guys. Still talking about Zach Levine, and you know, why don't I just throw an offer at you guys and see what you guys think? So, I, oh boy, here we go. Okay, how familiar are you guys with the Knicks draft pick situation? Like, do I need to explain all the protected picks and all that crap real quick? (laughs)
1: How many protections, y'all
0: got? A a lot. (laughs) They got
1: four first round picks, and three of those, if I'm not mistaken, have protections on them, weird protections.
0: Yeah, so there's some even
1: have like double protections too, Mm -hmm. right?
0: Yeah, some of them are a little funky. Actually, only one of them has a double protection. Very unlikely that the double thing kicks in. Um, so the one they have the Dallas Mavericks pick, which they famously did not get this year because they're tanking cowards. Um, <laughs> so there's there's that one that's top 10 protected next year. Uh, so that's that's epic and then that's top 10 protected in 2025 as well and then conveys his two seconds uh if that conveys is two seconds I mean Lu- means Luka Doncic is probably out of there so we'll be we'll be having a field day regardless uh Knicks and Bulls fans I'm sure yeah when that happens uh so which I think will happen regardless because it's a terribly misrun franchise um anywho so there's that pick there's the uh there's the Wizards pick which is seeming more and more likely like it might convey is two seconds unfortunately I believe it's Top 10 protector, top 12 protected this year. Something like that. It was like going down. It was like top 18, then top 14. I think it's like 12, 10, 8 or something like that for the next like three years. So through like twenty twenty six, 26, I think. And if it doesn't convey top eight protected in 26, then it uh, conveys the two seconds. Uh, then there is the Detroit pick, which is similar to that. But I think it's like lottery protected for a couple of years and then goes down to top 10. I think in that same year, hopefully that one does convey, but if not, then they continue being a tire fire. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. And then the last one is Milwaukee's pick in 2025, which is top four protected. Uh, if it falls in the first four picks, it goes to, I believe the Pelicans. Uh, and I think that the commitment is just extinguished then like Mm -hmm. you don't get anything out of it, which is kind of weird. Uh, but when it more than likely conveys outside of the top four, then it's just fully unprotected outside of that. So that's that pick in 2025. So if I was going to make a a deal here to try it, what is, what is Levine's salary cap number again? It's Uh, like
1: 42 this upcoming season, I believe.
0: Okay. So they could pretty easily get to that. So I'll just throw it out here. If I were to throw you guys an offer of RJ Barrett, and, look, I'm not even saying that this is an offer that I would necessarily do because, I, like I said, I still have my reservations about Levine, but I could see this maybe being all right. R.J. Barrett, Evan Fournier, that Milwaukee pick in 2025, which, again, pretty much guaranteed to convey probably. Uh, and then the Knicks pick next year unprotected for Zach Levine. How would you feel about that? Yeah. <sighs>
2: It's, it's tough. I'm not I'm not mad at that because the one thing that it does is it puts the, the biggest question that the Bulls have is young players being put in the right position. The only question that I ha- would have is um, we got some protections of our own. The protections don't seem to fall the Bulls way. So <laughs> I don't know if, I mean, realistically, they're right. Like, RJ Barrett is your centerpiece in that and I just, I like what RJ's done. I like how he's improved, but I don't know if there's much more on top of what RJ's already accomplished. Like, I feel like RJ got to his, the top of his game. And this is probably the player that you're going to get, which isn't bad, but it's, it, I don't know if it replaces Zach Levine one for one. And I, I, I may listen I don't even think y'all really want Evan Fournier. Like nobody,
0: oh, not. like you can't. You know what I mean?
2: Like nobody no. really
0: wants Evan Fournier right now. He's, he's an expiring contract. <laughs> he's money at this point. He's yeah, eighteen million dollars yeah. effectively. I throw him in there. It's like throwing in a, a bag with eighteen million dollars. What
2: you think, Hayes? What you got? Because I know you didn't got a counter already marked up over there, man. Uh, I don't <laughs> necessarily have a counter. Um,
1: in fairness, it's not a bad. It's not um, a bad trade.
0: It's
2: not a bad bad
0: trade. Because RJ is twenty two. 22, yeah, he's very young. RJ Barrett's still, still only 22, RJ years, 22 old? years old. He or, came in as the youngest player in that draft, I believe. Or, he may have just turned 23. He might, he might have like literally just the other day turned 23.
2: He one of them Andre Drummond dudes. He feels like he's been in the league like seven years. Yeah, he really <laughs> feels like he's been around.
0: Forever.
2: <laughs> um, again, I I don't hate the trade at all. I don't know if
1: something just something feels off in that to me and maybe it's just that I don't want to trade Zach Levine and I don't trust RJ Baird I get it he's extremely young uh still has a lot of development that he could do but like to me you're just you're you're moving Zach Levine in a move and none of the pieces you get back I see ever hitting the value of what Zach Levine has individually at least
0: yeah I think that's totally fair I mean so from a Knicks fan perspective, I think a lot of people – and I'll probably get roasted in my own comments for this on YouTube <laughs> and whatever about like, uh, like, oh, RJ still has so much more. You know, you're undervaluing him at this point, blah, blah, blah. Like he did show some growth in the, in the playoffs this year of all places. Like I think yeah. he actually really got kind of forged by fire this year in the playoffs. Like he was their second scoring option for most yeah. of the playoff run where they made it to the second round and pushed the eventual Easter Conference champions to six games. Like he was – he was a big part of that. Like, uh, I think the big thing for me is the shooting with him. And I'm starting to worry if that's ever going to come around consistently. Mm-hmm. He yeah. shot like 40% in 2020 to 21, but he was working mostly as a spot-up shooter. And I think the thing that's going to limit him to hitting a ceiling anywhere close, and this would probably be a concern for the Bulls as well, right? It, to, his limit to hitting a ceiling anywhere close to being as good of a player as Zach Levine is I'm I'm starting to wonder if he's ever going to be able to make it as a uh, self-created three guy.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: I, I think that that's his biggest thing that he can't figure out. And like he can get to the rim at will. He's gotten fantastic at drawing free throws. He had like like in that that uh, game six uh, against the Heat where the Knicks like they played pretty well against them and it was a narrow defeat there. He had like eight free throws in the first quarter. Uh, drawn that, you know, is really impressive. I mean, that's the sort of stuff he can do. Like, he's so effortlessly can get inside. He's finally starting to learn how to milk contact a little bit, mm-hmm. like all this yeah. contact he generates. He's learning how to draw the foul and all that stuff. But yeah, that three-point shot, even from a spot-up perspective, is is not consistent enough for me, where he just goes through stretches where he's hot, and then he goes through other stretches where he shoots, like, 20% for, like, a month. And he just can't have that throughout the course of a whole NBA season. And I think what RJ is like,
2: no, I'm not going to lie to you. He's always been this player when he was with it. First off, he credit to him. I said he'd never have a jump shot. He's got a jump shot. I'll give him that. I, I said he'd never because of how he shot at Duke. Bro, he shoot with the confidence of
0: Stephen Curry, though. <laughs> he does sometimes. Like, he lets he, it fly. Yeah. It depends on the game because sometimes you watch him shoot though and it seems like he has no confidence, but and yet he's still jacking them up. And yet you can just tell from the body language that he almost doesn't expect it to go in. Yeah. You know, it's like a full-on like confidence issue with him sometimes. So it's like it's like he has the he has the confidence enough to put the shot up, but then immediately regrets it. (laughs) You know, and it's like, oh no, I don't think that's gonna go in. I don't he's a tough read.
2: That's the that's a I think that's the thing, right? Like I would almost be more willing to I mean, it would take more, but I would almost be more willing to talk about a trade, including Emmanuel quickly over RJ Barrett. But I know y'all love quickly too. So like,
0: yeah, I mean, I guess that's the thing. You know, if it came down to that, it would be like, well, I feel like RJ's perceived. Well, let me ask you guys this. Is your perceived value of RJ Barrett higher than Emmanuel quickly? Like if you were going to be like this, these are the players that not, not necessarily your own personal preferences, but that you're just like, Look at, Like, looking at the Knicks roster and saying, like, I bet if the Knicks would go to try to make a trade, that R.J. Barrett would be higher than Emmanuel Quickly, or you think they're roughly on equal standing? Like, I know Quickly finally got some national recognition this year a little bit.
1: I think for me, I, I honestly kind of view them. If I was going to say anyone kind of higher just in my own personal, I probably have Quickly slightly above R.J. Barrett in value. But that, again, I, like I said, I'm, I, I don't watch every Knicks game, but just quickly in the games that I have seen them, I just – it just seems like he has kind of at times that once he gets it all together, he has that it factor when it comes to scoring. It just seems like he gets in the zone in that way. And I don't know if I've ever seen R.J. Barrett quite getting that.
0: Yeah.
2: I, playoff I, R.J. this year was nice. That's true. Yeah. That's, playoff R.J. this year was really nice. But it's I think here's the biggest question, right? And I think mm-hmm. this is the reason why Knicks fans are so ready to get rid of some of these names that are on this team um, and try to trade them to the Bulls for Zach Levine is that y'all have the same questions like when you look at rj when you look at emmanuel quickly i don't know quickly quickly seemed like one of them players that theops not really like too like he kind of gave me that vibe as well but i think that there's a lot of question marks on the consistency of these guys and where they fit in a system that has other players ahead of them offensively.
0: yeah it's it's interesting like the, the discourse among Knicks fans on quickly and RJ went like completely different directions, like <laughs> after the playoffs, right? Because everybody's like quickly had another bad playoffs. Like, is he going to be yeah. a bad playoffs player? And yet you still looked at the advanced stats and even with him shooting like 30% overall, the team was still like eight points per hundred better with him on the floor than they were without him, which really? is crazy. Yeah. They were still that's quite a, lot- a bit better in the playoffs. With that's him on like, the floor.
2: that's a good amount that Thib said, <laughs> analytics be damned. Getting yeah. These
0: minutes. yeah. Well, and I mean, he got a decent amount of minutes, even when he was not shooting well, which really says yeah. like he's definitely earned Tibbs' trust at this point. Like he's he's a Tibbs guy through and through now. At this point, like if Tibbs is still coaching ten years from now on a different team, quickly it will be that Derek Rose that he's the D I need quickly on this team right now. Get like, me quickly immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I think I I think there's something just interesting about looking at the two of them and what their value is around the league. Like, I don't quite know how to, how to gauge it either. I think there's something to be said too with RJ's getting his big boy money next year. Like, yeah,
2: that's tough.
0: He's, he's on his next contract and yet he's still not, I wouldn't call him overpaid or anything. Um, I wouldn't but, call him underpaid either, but I wouldn't call him. <laughs> I'd call him just, just right at this moment. You know what I mean? He's like, I think he got a pretty fair contract, but quickly, is going to be up for his next contract. And that's another thing that maybe would scare the Knicks away or potentially edge them to include quickly in a deal rather than RJ, or maybe they include RJ so that they can pay quickly. Like, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's intriguing to say the least. Like they just, it's, they're going to be players that are sort of intrinsically linked with one another because they're, they're on the same team. They're in the same age bracket. And most likely one of them is going to be included in a trade for somebody at some point, And it's going to, it's going to divide the fan base in, in a lot of ways because I think the fan base is is very split, like 50 50 on which one of these guys they like better, too. So that's a fact. Yeah. Is there a
2: deal that makes sense for both teams? I don't think either of these deals make sense. Like, I think y'all would be adding Zach Levine just to add somebody who can put up 26 a little bit more. But yeah. that's not to say RJ Barrett can't also put up 26.
0: Yeah, I, I worry about that. And that's that concern I said, you know, it's like, is is Levine enough of that next step that this team that wants to take a next step would feel like they're doing it? I, I think ultimately it comes down to the self-creation for me. And I do think that if it worked out as best as it possibly could, it could make the Knicks a better team next year, like, and for the next few years. But how many more years of this Zach Levine do you get? Like, I, you know, I was just talking about like when Rose lost a step, you know, like like, Levine is one of those guys that when he starts losing some of that burst, how much, how effective is he still going to be? So, like, how many more years of elite athlete Zach Levine do you still have left, especially considering, you know, the injury concerns and everything else? Does it make it worth potentially giving up an R.J. Barrett? I don't know. I, like, are there any other guys on the Knicks that interest you guys, just out of curiosity, like, mm-hmm. from from the standpoint of where you think the Bulls are trying to get right now?
2: Yeah. Jalen Brunson. I mean, if we could figure something out, with him, you know what I mean. Let's assume like, Jalen Brunson is off the team. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind Josh Hart. Yeah, hey, they just resigned him, so that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, I, they, think, he's, I think I think him and Brunson are a package deal at this point. Yeah, that's, that's true. That, that is that's true. true. I, th- I think him and Brunson will be a package deal for for a while to come here because uh, with the love that Jalen had the second he found out Josh was signed, I don't think that they're gonna want to upset him too much no definitely not
0: yeah Yeah. I don't think that's gonna happen uh I I, I'll say from my perspective I think Caruso kind of interests me a little bit and I think the Knicks were linked to him
1: we, I just almost got off the stream. Shut down. Shut, shut down. Shut it down. So you're not getting We're not playing
0: this game with Alice Cruz, bro.
2: We're not playing this. What no, you don't no, understand no, is Hayes is a sleeper cell. He's trying to make the Knicks worse. <laughs> He's not going to give you the defensive clamp you need to get through Jimmy Butler. Like, <laughs> did you not hear? You played the clip. I don't want to do anything to help the Knicks get better.
0: <laughs> All right. So you guys are definitely... All right. Well, for I just, what it's I, good.
2: I don't know. I don't know. I like topping. I, I, whoa, Jesus. That's crazy. <laughs> I didn't say, I didn't say that's, that. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Look, topping is good, man.
0: I'll t- <laughs> I mean, tell you right now. Toppin I think we can all
1: agree, Topping is good.
0: He is. He's good, period. I mean, he, as a starter, like when he's gotten starter opportunities, he, he yeah. is, he is, I think, a starting Caliber NBA player. Like wherever he goes, it's not the Knicks. He's gonna he's gonna do some stuff. I think he's gonna be really good. So the problem is is that you're you want to talk about a guy like I don't necessarily agree with your assessment earlier, Pat. That RJ is capped out as a player. Like I still think he could potentially get better, but Obi he's way too young. Obi once he gets into those starters minutes and stuff, like he's in his second contract. Like this next contract that he gets might well be the most expensive contract he ever gets in his career because he's already gonna be like 25 by the time he signs it.
2: Yeah, the age, the age is tough, but I mean, I, the, the difference, it's funny because right, like before we got on, we were talking about why I thought, Oh, why I let Hayes convince me that OB had been traded. It was cause I was thinking of Kyle Kuzma basically. And, um, I mean, Kuz was the same way. You know what I mean? When, when Kuz is what? 27 now, 28. And he probably is gonna get i don't know if he gets thirty, but he's probably gonna get closer to what he's looking for than what most of us think Kyle kuzma is worth, and it's just having an opportunity to go out and show it, yeah. yeah, I mean, go out and show what you can do so i i i think if obi can if obi can go somewhere and prove what he is and prove that he's this this next level dominant player, i mean it's not like he's gonna retire at thirty mm-hmm. so I, I couldn't I could see him going somewhere else. I just I don't know. Obi Obi's a question mark player for me just because it's like why does Tibbs hate him so much? Like.
0: It's honestly we ask ourselves. It could just time. be
2: Thibs, though. It could just be.
0: And and I don't even know if it's as much that Tibbs hates him as much as Tibbs loves Julius Randall that much more. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he he has given Obi the he's chance got his to guys. Yeah. yeah, he's given Obi a chance to shine when Obi. You know, when Julius has been hurt or whatever, but like Obi also has had a very short leash, you know, which Tibbs does to a lot of these guys, and like quickly was able to kind of mentally overcome that and just yeah. play within himself all the time. Obi, I still don't know if he can quite deal with like crap. If I brick this three, Tibbs might pull me from the game right the next second, even if I've scored like six points in two minutes prior to this. Yeah. If I brick this three, he might pull me because <laughs> that's just how he is. Um, I, I I don't know. I think that's always been kind of the thing, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. I guess real quick, if we if we were to end this with something, if you're going to say like scale of one to ten, how likely you think it is that the Knicks and Bulls come to a deal this off season? What do you What do you think the answer is, Hayes? I'm gonna go four and a half,
2: five. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 probably I'm probably about that. I. I think a three just because I don't think the Knicks are going to give up what the Bulls realistically are going to come to the table for because it sounds good to be like, oh, yeah, they're not going to ask for both RJ and Emmanuel, but me and Hayes have both talked about this. Like, they're setting their price based on the fact that they really don't want to get rid of Zach Levine. Yeah. Like, that's why it's such a, like, why would anybody pay this for Zach Levine? Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think I'm at a three as well. I just, I think that what will ultimately happen, I mean, the Knicks, like, Are now becoming semi—they're becoming kind of Danny Ainge-ish in the sense that they'll balk at making deals for guys if they because they set their price and they're just like this is the price that we believe that this guy is worth and and we're not going to pay extra just because we want this guy like you're going to acquiesce to us and I feel like I feel like the Bulls being in a position where they would still want to get enough guys back to hopefully be able to still contend next year because they've obviously invested a lot of money and draft capital and everything into this core. Like I feel like they would be like, well, we're not going to send you Zach Levine unless we think that we can compete for the playoffs next year as well because that's sort of what we've promised our fans with what we've invested in this team at this point. And I I feel like that will ultimately end with like a stalemate between the two where it would be like the Bulls aren't trying to rebuild, so they're not looking for a pure rebuild package of just picks. The Knicks aren't trying to send enough players to offset that. And then they would just kind of. It'll just fizzle out in all likelihood would be my guess. But maybe the Knicks have been linked to Levine enough in the last few years. Maybe they finally, finally make something happen. I guess we'll see what happens there. But I think it's a good point to wrap up on. Thanks, guys, for uh, doing this crossover. That was really, really, really really fun. So
2: for sure, man, uh, do it again.
0: Yeah, well, let's do it again. Maybe (laughs) if they make a deal. Certainly we'll we'll have to talk about (laughs) it. No choice. At if the end not, of the
2: day, with- no matter what, all our comments are about to be, we could have had John Collins for nothing.
0: Like, that's the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's about to be both sides' comments. Did you see what Bradley Beal got traded for, even though he had yeah. full control of the situation and it's completely <laughs> context-dependent? But did you see how little he got traded for? These idiots on the Knicks, the not the Knicks, the whatever. Whatever. Fans can't be pleased. Anyway, thanks, guys, <laughs> and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Later, for guys. Sure. Peace.